You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These have been so many great messages this year. We kind of just, I mean, we could sit here and talk for a long time about all these, but we're not going to do that. Uh, but, but I just pray that God spoke to you somewhere in all these, because I, I know that um, these messages help to bring the word alive in our hearts. They help to connect the Old Testament with the New Testament. They help to provide practical guidance for our lives. Most of all, these helped us put Jesus at the center of our lives. So I had some kind words said about me, and, and it's too kind. Um, so thank you for your kind words, and um, I, just, uh, I try to just live up to what God wants for me, and, and I pray the same for each of you. Um, but in, in our personal life, it's been, um, it's been a great year in many ways, so many blessings. It's been a tough year in so many ways. And yet, even in our toughest days with our family, we are so blessed in so many ways. Can't even count them. Can't even count all the blessings. And um, I know that this theme of keeping Jesus at the center has, has been super helpful for me personally to just remember Jesus has to be at the center. He can't be on the side. He can't be on the outside. He's got to be at the center. And, and that has made all the difference for me in getting us through. And as Pastor Dan said, um, you're here. <laughs> you're here. Whatever your toughest thing was, you made it through because you're here. And so... Uh, on a personal note, it's been great, it's been tough, but God is good and he's gotten us through. As a community and as a church family, um, this was a crazy year. Uh, we, we know that um, it was a good year for, for many. You know, some of you got new jobs, a promotion, maybe a raise. Uh, some of you got a new home or an improved living situation. Something changed and it it opened up for you, and it was just a, a great thing. Uh, some of you have um, healthy relationships going, or maybe you were able to restore a broken relationship in 2019. And that's a good thing. This is an awesome thing. Um, maybe you're in good physical health, and that's awesome. That's something to be grateful for in this past year, um, having good physical health. Maybe um, you didn't lose a close loved one. That's, that's possible. And so some of you had a really great year in so many ways. And then some of us didn't have such a great year. It was a tough year. Numerous challenges. Um, I know some that have lost a job, had home issues like floods or fires. And uh, it's, been, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Uh, I know that there were some uh, broken or Ended relationships. That's hard. That's hard. I know there's been some sickness. There's uh, been some serious bouts. There's been um, ongoing sickness. We hear and see the many prayer requests. and We know that there's a lot of needs. And then, of course, on a, a serious note, really serious note, there's, there's been some death, expected or unexpected with our friends or within our family. And, and that's tough. That's tough. 
But God has been faithful. Despite the trials, I imagine many of you would testify with me that having Jesus at the center, having Jesus in your heart alongside of you has made all the difference of getting you through 2019. Would you, test, would you, would you agree with me on that? Would you say having Jesus there at the, at the center? Yeah, that's good. You guys, yeah, seriously. You can clap. You can rejoice. You can give me a amen. I'm good with that. Love it. Uh, so we've had so many great things this past year, so many great messages, so many blessings. We've had a lot of challenges. And yet, here we are. We made it through 2019. No matter our personal experiences, no matter what we saw, we heard, we felt, there's good news. God has been at work. God has been at work in so many ways and in so many places. How do I know this? I've seen it. You've seen it. But even if we didn't see it, I know he's been at work, and here's why. Here's why I know. This verse says it all. My father is always working, and so am I. I don't have a mic to drop, but um, that, that says, it, I mean, seriously, right there. My father is always working, and so am I. We know that God is always at work. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. Some of us might think 2019 was the worst year of our lives, and yet God was at work. God was at work, even if you didn't see it. Good things were happening. God things were happening. It was an awesome year. Um, as we close out this year of Jesus at the center, like I said, we had so many great messages, but I really feel like God um, put something on my heart. It's kind of like one last thought to end out this, this year of Jesus at the center. And I wanted to share that with you today. And um, bear with me. It's... Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I may cry. I am what I am. I can't change that. When God moves, I can't control it. Um, so, But I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about today, this verse. Let's go ahead and put that up. 1 John 5.21. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. This, this passage, it ends out the book of 1 John. And uh, John the Apostle was, was writing to some friends, and he's saying to them, Dear children, you who are my, my children in the faith, Keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And when I read that, it was like, boom, it just hit me. And I I just really wanted to share that with you today because this fits exactly in with our theme of keeping Jesus at the center. And here's why. John actually states here that God has a designated place in our hearts. Don't let anything take God's place in your heart. God has a place in your heart. You were designed by God in his image and he left a place for him to be with you, 
This is the whole plan. God with us. Emmanuel. You were never meant to do this alone. So God has a place in our heart. Here's the problem. Satan tries really hard and succeeds too often at filling this spot with anything else, everything else that he can. Anything can take God's place. Here's the thing. We sometimes look at it like, well, only bad stuff can take God's place in my heart. And that's not exactly true. It's anything, anything can take God's place in your heart. Anything that competes with Jesus, it becomes a distraction. There's another version It actually says, keep away from idols. Referring to these distractions, referring to anything else that wants to take God's place, it calls it an idol. Something Something that distracts, something that competes with Jesus. And when something competes with Jesus, Jesus gets moved to the side. And we and we allow something else to be the Lord of our heart. And that's when that's when we're in real trouble. And here's here's why um, the enemy does what he does. Because in John ten ten, it's clear the enemy's intent, all right, the thief, the enemy, Satan, his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. He's going to do that. It's not like maybe, if, possibly. No, that's what he does. That's his purpose. He will attack you. He will distract you. He will attempt to take Jesus from the center of your heart. He will. We have the guarantee right in front of us. And yet, we know this. And yet, it still happens. The good news in that is that Jesus says, my purpose is to to give life. Right? And so when we keep Jesus at the center, we have his life. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about distraction. And as it says here, distraction is a weapon of the enemy. And we talked about, we sang earlier, raise a hallelujah, and melody is a weapon. When we praise God, we're putting God at the center of our hearts and we're fighting against the enemy who's trying to come in and take place in our heart, trying to put something else in there, trying to take Jesus out. Distraction is one of the biggest weapons that the enemy uses to kill, destroy our lives. And I was thinking about distraction and how this has been used over the years. And um, so... I, th- I thought back to some shows I've watched, and I thought about, like, Law and Order, SVU. How many of you guys heard the boom, boom, you know, that little sound? And, and this is what happens. They go to a – got that next slide? They go to a dummy address. They're given a dummy address, a fake address, and it's a trap, right? What happened? The enemy gave them a distraction – from where something else is really going to happen, or a distraction to lure them in to a trap. Classic, law and order. Here, here's another one. Um, how about, we got that next picture? This is, uh, well, 
Everyone knows who this is. Can you believe he's 79? Can you believe? He was born in 1940. I was like, what? 79? I thought he was like 65. I don't know. 79. He'll always be Chuck Norris to me. Uh, No matter what age he gets. This is the classic Chuck Norris move where he, you know, comes up behind you and chucks a stone in the other direction. And the guy goes, huh? And then he comes around, you know, behind him and puts him to sleep and drops him on the ground. Classic. It's distraction. It's distraction. Or he'll do the little whistle. You guys ever see him do the whistle? Chuck Norris? You've never heard the Chuck Norris whistle? I can't even do it, but he's like, you know. And they go, birds, you know, and then he, like, comes in and, you know, does his thing. Classic. It's distraction. It's distraction. The enemy uses distraction as a decoy. How about as a decoy? And this is a really cool story, um, and, and it's, it's crazy, but you got that next picture. Um, back in World War II, all right, this is the German Tiger tank. This is the Sherman tank, which was ours, all right? And, I mean, you can kind of see that thing, can f- it's probably half the size of it. And yet, we won the war. And they say, well, how? How? How could that tank, who's, I'd say, 80 to 90% of the shots fired from the Sherman tank onto the Tiger would just boink, bounce off it like someone's just throwing a little spitball at you or something? Crazy. And here's how. They would use a decoy. We had 50,000 Sherman tanks. I just read the number. And they had about 5,000 Tiger tanks. So we outnumbered them. It was like 10 to 1. So we could, we could send out a whole flank of tanks, all right, Sherman tanks. Then we'd have two guys, maybe one or two tanks, flank off and just go around and go in. And the Tiger tank would follow that decoy tank. And then the other guys would roll around, find the weak spot, which was the rear or underneath of the Tiger tank, and get the kill shot. And that was the only way that they could, they could combat against the Tiger tank because the Tiger tank was way bigger, way heavier, way better armor, way bigger guns. I mean, it just completely beat the Sherman in every way except for the speed and agility that the Sherman tank had. And they used that speed as a decoy to go shooting across in front of the tiger, they would line up on it, and then the other guys would come around back and kill him, get him in the kill spot. That's how the enemy works. Distraction, distraction, distraction. You know, it's the element of surprise. You know, we're like, oh, caught off guard, and we get distracted. Some of you guys just, if you're like me, sometimes you just, you're like, squirrel. You know, you just, you're just sitting there doing something, and then, all of a sudden, you're just caught off guard, like, what just happened? You get distracted. And it happens to the best of us. It happens to all of us. Uh, but this is one of the ways that the enemy loves to take Jesus out of the center of our heart. When you are distracted, you're unable to intentionally focus on studying and applying God's word. In fact, distractions are designed to keep you bound these are, these are 
The, the enemy knows what he's doing. He's, his job, his mission is to kill, to steal from you, to destroy you. He's going to come at you with intentionality. He's going to come at you with a plan. And he does. And he knows exactly your weak spots. He knows exactly how to get you. Maybe it's not you. Maybe he comes after your family and he gets you through your family. He knows what he's doing. But these distractions are designed to keep you bound, to keep you busy, to keep you stagnant, to keep you going through cycles, to keep you wondering, to keep you disconnected from God. That's what these distractions do. And when you're disconnected from God, or only partially plugged into his word, you're unable to move forward in the purpose that he has designed for your life. That's all it takes. He doesn't have to literally, like, knock you down and kill you. He just has to distract you, take, you, take your eyes off the, the ball, out of the game, and you're done. Like, you will eventually fall away. That's all he has to do is distract you. And that's what he does. You'll never achieve your God-given purpose if something else is sitting in his place. God has to be at the center of your heart in order for you to fulfill your God-given purpose. The reason you were designed. Whether you believe in God or not, he believes in you, and he created you. And he created you with a place just for himself inside your heart. And so if you've always wondered, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? I feel like I'm useless or whatever. Maybe that's because you haven't found that God-given purpose because maybe God isn't at the center yet of your heart. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. So how do we know what's at the center of our heart? Because sometimes we're like, well, I try to be a good person. I try to give to the poor and I'll even hold a door for someone sometimes. I'll write a thank you note. Good things. And that's, and that's good. That's awesome. Keep doing that. But the way to know what is really inside and what really has your heart is by the amount of time you spend on something. There's a phrase, only time will tell. And I just thought about that, like, only time will tell what's at the center of your heart. How much time you give to something is how big that is and how close to the center of your heart that that is. If all your time is into something, it's possible that's a distraction. It's possible that's become an idol and is competing with Jesus. Where do you cast your cares? Do you cast your cares on other people, in things? Because that right there is one of the biggest indicators of what's at the center of your heart. When you're in trouble, when you're down, when you don't know what to do, where do you cast your cares? Jesus says, cast your cares on him. And he will help you. He will make your burden light. He wants to give you rest. 
He loves you so, so much. If we will cast our cares on Him, He will help us and we will be successful. But too many times, Jesus is not at the center and we end up casting our cares on something else. And everything else will eventually fail us. Because it's not God. And here why, here's why this is important. Because even David, hundreds of years earlier, knew how important it was for our hearts to stay clean, to pure, to, to be guarded. He says in Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then in the NIV, the NIV, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from what's inside your heart. Wow. Like, there's good. There's good coming here. There's good coming here. I just, want to, I just really felt like these verses that God laid them on my heart, and I wanted to share them with you because I want you to know the same joy that we know the same Jesus that we know, the same freedom from sin that we know. And it's only in Jesus, it's an only, and it's only when he's in the center. And so when you, when you think about this, it just blows your mind. And I found this little video, and I, I wanted to kind of just, just share it with you real quick. Take a look at it. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. There is one area of your personality that is more important than any other, and that is your heart. The state of your heart will determine the course of your life. You are advised and admonished by God to guard your heart more than all else. It's the most important thing that's committed to your keeping, is the condition of your own heart. I remember many years ago in a country in East Africa, when I was serving as principal of a college for training teachers, on the wall of the dormitory of my students, one of them had written that scripture up in her own particular language. And I read it in that language and translated it literally, and it stayed with me ever since. It says, Guard your heart with all your strength, for all the things there are in life come out of it. Everything in your life ultimately proceeds out of your heart. The condition of your heart is going to determine the condition of your life. Guard it with all your strength. Don't let any evil in. Don't make room for unbelief, for bitterness, for fear, for anxiety. Because if there are bitter things in your heart, then there will be bitterness in your life. But if your heart is pure and clean, if your heart is filled with faith and love and with truth and with righteousness, then the course of your life will be a course of success. So remember that. Guard your heart with all your strength for all the things that are in life come out of it. Yeah. The contents of your heart determine your direction and destiny. It's, it seems so simple that, yeah, what's in here is what's going to come out. And yet, it's so easier for us to just lose focus and to get distracted. And, and, and let me tell you, I'm the first one. I'm preaching to myself here. It's so easy in the world of 
<laughs> cell phones and tablets and computers and TV, internet and everything. It's so easy to get distracted. So easy. I understand. But I just wanted to bring this up this morning because I think it's really important for us to, to be intentional about this. We have to be intentional about putting Jesus at the center of our heart. And if Jesus is at the center, your thoughts and your actions will look like him. Your reactions will look like him. If Jesus is not at the center of your heart, then what is? It's God sitting in the designated spot in your heart. Only you can answer these questions. But without Jesus at the center, we are distracted, powerless, lost, and vulnerable to the enemy who is actively seeking to kill and destroy you. But there's good news. There's always good news with Jesus. When we look back at 2019... There were many battles that we faced. Some battles we won. Some battles we lost. And the battles we won, we can learn how we won. There's battles we lost. We can learn from how we lost. Everything that happens to us, God can turn around for good. Amen? And the good news is today... Today is a new day. Today is a new day. So you might be sitting here and you're not sure where you stand. Maybe you, maybe you do know. Maybe you know, like, look, I'm not perfect, but I try to put God first every day, and I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing okay. I could be doing better, but I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. Keep going. I applaud you, and I seriously am excited for what God's doing in your heart. Maybe you're like, I'm trying, but I can't ever get there. I just, I just keep getting caught up or bogged down or something keeps distracting me, and I'm trying. Keep trying. You will get there with God's help, with our help. That's why we're here together. We're better together. That's what that thing means. We're better together. You do not do this alone. You are not alone. We're strengthening each other as a family. We come alongside and hold your arms and, and carry you when you need it. That's why we do what we do here. You're not alone. And today is a new opportunity, new opportunity to put Jesus at the center, no matter what your past looks like. And here's how we do it. This phrase, confess and repent, seems so <sighs> harsh and strict or whatever but it's a really a beautiful thing confess means to just say i'm carrying something i made a mistake i had a thought or i i did something i need to get it out it's actually a release it's a good thing it's a beautiful thing to confess confess to god to confess maybe to someone that you've hurt or that's hurt you Confess to accountability partner, someone that you look up to and say, I just need to, I didn't tell you, I made a mistake, I screwed up, I need to get this off my chest. 
Maybe it's to your spouse. Confession is a beautiful thing. Confess. And then repent. And repent is nothing more than asking for forgiveness. So you own it. I I own my mistakes. I own my pain. I own what's going on here. I'm not going to blame anyone else. I own it. And I need forgiveness. Jesus, help me. That's it. Now, sometimes that's hard to get to because we have to get vulnerable. We have to get to a really sensitive place. But, man, when we get there and we say, God, I messed up big time. I need your help. Forgive me today. The release that you have is like nothing else. It's way better than a bottle, anything you'll find in a bottle. It's way better than anything you'll find in a million dollars. It's way better than anything you'll find on a yacht in the Riviera. It's way better than anything else. It's the peace of God when we find that release, when we, when we confess and we say, God, forgive me. He releases the junk in our hearts and sets us straight, sets us new. Another thing that you can do here to keep Jesus at the center is to fill your heart. So you confess and repent. You clean out the old. Pretty soon some of you you guys are going to be doing spring cleaning. Some of you have already started spring cleaning. Some of you do spring cleaning through every season. If you're like my wife, Loves spring cleaning in the fall, the summer, the winter, the spring, the fall, the summer, the winter, the spring. And it's good because I, I don't always do the spring cleaning, so thank God for her. Uh, but this is, when you get that out now, you have room, the things out of the way, to put Jesus back where he belongs. And this is nothing more than just spending time with him every day. Remember we talked about time will tell? Time will tell what is at the center of your heart. What you give your time to is what rules your heart. And so if you give time to Jesus every day, it could be reading his word in you version or, or paper Bible. It could be just praying. And, and I'm really excited because prayer is going to be a big focus. In, it's always been um, one of our biggest, most important things with Life Tree, and obviously in the Word of God, how, how often it talks about prayer. But we're really going to make even more of an emphasis on that in this new year. And I think it's great because so many of us don't know how to pray, but it's really not that hard. But we're going to give some practical tips and, and um, resources to, to help all of us get better at this and go further in our prayer with God. I'm super excited about that. Um, but... Another way you can fill your heart with God, so it's you version, reading his word, the Bible, getting that in there, devotionals. There's so many good books out there. I am trying to read more. It's not my strong point. I'm admitting it. I'm owning it. I'm confessing. It's not my strong point. I'm working on getting there. Um, these guys are always reading books and, and always giving great tips on things. So um, there's so many books that can help you along the way or podcasts. If you just want to listen. Uh, and then worship, just like we did today. We worship. But let me tell you, even more than that, just surrounding yourself with worship. If you're able to listen to music at work, do yourself a favor. 
there's many days where I'm so like, ugh, there's so much going on. The list of things to do and the importance behind these things is so big. I'll just throw on some worship in the background, and it just grounds me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It just it creates like this peace in my heart and in, in the surrounding area. It's just like I know it's going to be okay because I've given it to God, and I'm just keep worshiping God through the storms, through the trials, through the tough times, through the stress, through the pain. Just keep worshiping. Our melody is our weapon. And then guard your heart. So confess and repent. Fill your heart with Christ. Guard your heart. There's a way we can market a heart guard. That would be really cool. I don't know if any of you guys are uh, in the business looking for something new, you know, but you've got to create some heart guards. Uh, this, is, this is nothing more than boundaries. This is boundaries. Guardrails on the side of the road are a good thing. Um, we as humans don't like to be, no, you can't do that. Even from a little kid, you know, don't do that. Oh, yeah? We, we just love to defy it. Is there something in us? But when you can understand the reason for boundaries, it's really, really good. It's a really good thing. Um, boundaries protect us from distractions. Boundaries protect us from ourselves. So set up some boundaries in your life. If you know you have a weakness in a certain area, don't go back to that area. Do something. Set up a boundary. Tell someone. Ask help from someone. Help me. I, I keep having the tendency to go back there. Help me stay away. Help me stay away from there. And they will. Again, you're not alone. We do this together. It's a beautiful thing having accountability in our lives. Boundaries. Guard your heart because it determines everything. This is not just like, this is a good thing to do. No, it will determine where you spend your eternity forever. This is a big deal. This is why we do this. Guard it because it determines everything you do. How your heart looks is how your life will look. It says it right here. And then lastly, everything you do, do it for the Lord. It's real easy to get caught up in, I have to do this and I have to do this and so-and-so wants me to do this and so-and-so asks me for help. And I, All right, I'll do it. Do it for God, and it changes the whole dynamic for everything you do. When you say, you know what, God, I'm going to send this email for you. Do something through this email. And it could be about, uh, I don't know, we need to purchase more basketballs. For the, That's kind of my life. Um, and, and it's like we need to get more basketballs for, for, the, for the rec league. And it's like, okay, all right. God, I'm doing this for you. Somehow, some way, take it, use it. It's, and it sounds silly. I know it sounds silly. But dedicate everything to God. And there's a verse. It, it, it says in Colossians 3.23, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. When you do this, when you work for the Lord, rather than trying to just impress people or do stuff for people, it will change the dynamic. You have happiness in your heart. You will have joy. You will be happy to do an email about basketballs because because you know that like I'm doing this for you God and it matters. Somehow some way you put me here, I'm doing this for you and you're going to take it and use it. 
Believe me, it works. I've seen it. I've experienced it. So when we do these things, when we confess and repent, we fill your heart up with Christ, fill back up with good things, God things, put Jesus at the center. When we guard our hearts and keep Jesus there at the center, and then we do everything we do for God, no matter what we do, whether we're tossing trash bags in a trash truck or we're saving, you know, life-saving surgery, it, do it for God. When you do these things, you will be victorious over the attacks of the enemy. You'll be free from the bondage of sin. You will experience peace and a direction for your life. Nothing else can give you that. Nothing else except for Jesus. Here's the cool thing. You'll look like Jesus. So you'll draw people to Jesus. You will draw people to Jesus just by living, just by doing normal, everyday things. You will look like Jesus, and they'll be like, I smell Jesus again. I see there's something here. There's something going on. Can you, can you sense it? Can you smell it? I just, there's something here. What is different about that person? It's Jesus. He comes through. People can spot a fake from miles away. But when Jesus is at the center, you're the real deal. And it, and it has impact. When Jesus is at the center of your heart, you'll be in the center of his will. And as we close this year out, 2019, um, you guys can come on up. Put Jesus at the center and he'll give you 2020 vision for the new year. See what I did there? You see what I did there? Okay. It was it was okay. Thank you. I I'll take it. I appreciate it. Um, he will give you 2020 vision. He will give you clarity and clear vision for what he wants to do now, today, the rest of the day, tomorrow, and all the way through 2020 and beyond. When you do this, remember. You don't do this alone. We work together. We encourage each other. I, I'll be the biggest advocate. Get on you version if you're not on you version. If you read your Bible and, and the paper Bible, awesome. Keep doing it. There's something special about you version though. It's it's got a community that encourages and support each other. And so, you're having a, r- a rough day, or you see a verse that someone else that it spoke to them, and you're like, wow. It is a good verse. That speaks to me too. You can't get that sometimes in just reading your own Bible closed off from everything else. So I'm not saying that's bad at all. If you do that and you have time with God, absolutely continue doing that. That's beautiful. But think about maybe you version sometimes. If you don't do anything at all especially, it will help you get into the Word of God deeper than you ever have. And that's what will really change your life. Yeah, my phone shut off. I didn't see the timer. Sorry about that. You know what, though? There's nothing better than spending time in God's presence, right? Just being together as a family, spending time with Jesus. I just want to encourage you. This year is done. Good or bad. Profitable, not profitable. Whatever it looked like, it's done. Let's learn from it, whether good or bad. 
And let's go into 2020 with just a passion to grow closer to God and to reach our community with his love, with his hope, with his care, with his kindness, with his peace. This is what matters. Show God's love to the world that you live in and watch how it changes the dynamic. Amen. Let's just close in prayer and then uh, turn it over, Dan. Lord, we are so blessed, even with the roughest of lives. We are so blessed. God, wake us up. God, help us. God, speak to us. God, may we be vulnerable. May we be open to hear what you're saying. To share with you what's going on in our heart. To put you back on the throne of our heart. To keep you on the throne of our heart. No matter where we stand today, God. We need you every day, every hour, every minute. Bless us and help us. God, give us peace. Give us wisdom. Give us passion for you. Let us revolutionize this community, this world for you with your love. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.